Hello there and welcome to this week's Bet McLean Football Show. And it's a special this week. We're in the company of greatness, the Irish League's most successful manager ever. This week, Stephen Beacom and myself are joined by Roy Coy. Roy, you're very welcome. I'm really looking forward to this, Beacom, are you? Ah, fantastic. This guy is a proper football legend. 51 trophies Roy won as manager. He was manager of Glentorn, manager of Linfield, and he dominated with both teams. It's like, imagine a manager at Manchester United and then a few years later going to Liverpool and being just as successful. That's what Roy Coyle is. Played for Northern Ireland as well. Listen, Roy and myself had a few run-ins down the years. No, really? Yeah, and a few fallouts, but what a man and what a manager, and it's going to be fascinating to hear what he's got to say. Obviously, Bigo kicked off there all about the managerial career. Whenever you look back back on your career, do you look more favourably at your time on the pitch because you could play the game, or do you look more favourably at your time as a manager? I think you've got to look at both of them, you know, from a playing point of view, you know, when you're growing up, all you wanted to do was to become a football, a professional footballer. You always had a dream of becoming one. I was fortunate enough uh, to achieve that. Um, becoming a football manager, when you're playing, you never think of that, sort of uh, moving into the managerial side of it. Um, but once you go into it, I tell you, you learn very quickly how cruel the game can be. It's uh, when you, t- when you take on a managerial job, the clock is ticking for you to lose it. It's as simple as that there. Because your life depends on 11 people every week. If, you don't, if they don't perform for you and get results week in and week out, the fact is you'll lose your job. It's, it's a pressure job. And whenever you came back from Sheffield Wednesday, you became player manager. And that came out of the blue, didn't it? Well, I, I came back from Grimsby Town. <coughs> it was Grimsby Town I was with it. I'd fallen out with the manager. Um, he was an Irishman, actually. He played for Northern Ireland, Tommy Casey. Um, him and I just had a disagreement. And um, I was training one morning, and he came over to me and said, there's a phone call from Linfield. And I thought he, he, was, he was having a joke, because uh, when I left to go to, to England, to Sheffield, I was playing for Glen Thorn, And the Linfield supporters didn't really endear to me, you know. For whatever reason, I don't know what that reason was, but uh, was that because you had an altercation with Billy Sinclair in a famous Big Two match, and you got him sent off? Well, he, it was an attempt at headbutt. He didn't make contact, but I sort of made a, a meal of it. Yes, I did. But not for whatever reason. I probably would term myself as competitive, not dirty. Um, I was, I was a competitor. I was never sent off in my football career, so I must have been doing something okay. But I found it strange that Linfield came in for me, knowing the reputation that the Linfield supporters had uh, towards me. Um, but I came over, did the interview. Um, the late John Lunn, the jeweller, John H. Lunn, he collected me at the airport in a, a gold Rolls Royce. I thought, that's impressive for a start. <laughs> so, uh, no, and then I went to his house and I met the Linfield board. And as I say, the rest is history. Getting that first win, uh, County Antrim Shield, with, with, with the Blues, and, and you'd had some disappointment to that point. Had you not have won that, do you reckon it was, it was, that was it, that Linfield finished? I think so. I, I, I don't have any proof of that, but um, obviously the first year we lost the cup final against Carrick Rangers, uh, 2-1, and the 
the following year we lost the Coleraine 4 1. And uh, we played Glen Tournament in the next, the Saturday after the Cup final. And uh, we beat them at Windsor Park in the County Antrim Shield. I don't have any evidence to say that uh, I was, and certainly I would have lost my job, but deep down inside I felt if I don't win today, you know, I'm, I'm gone. I'd have been oblivion. Unfortunately, I did win. You talked there, Roy, about that 1976 Cup final against Carrick when they were a junior team and they beat Linfield. Out of all the matches that you've been involved in, that's the one that you talk about most whenever we meet up. Um, it still hurts, doesn't it, that one? No, what, what, basically what it does, Stephen, to me, was every time I, I won something, that brought me back down to earth. Knowing just the feeling of losing, you know, what was my main drive in life was I couldn't handle defeat. I hated losing, but every time I won something, it took me right the whole way back to Carrick Rangers losing 2-1 in the Irish Cup final the first time. It's, this game is all about results, and if you don't get results, the obvious will happen to you, that you'll lose your job, simple as that there. But you never, I never got carried away with winning. It was more, I got more upset about losing than I got carried away with winning. You, you hear of born winners. Do you consider yourself a born winner? <sighs> it's a hard thing to define. I don't know. Um, I, I was just competitive, you know. No matter what it was, I even used to cheat with my son and playing drafts and things like that. There, just to win. It's just something in me. I, I don't know what it is. You know, I just could not. I cannot handle defeat. Simple as that. We're sitting here in Windsor Park. I, I even laugh as a cup of coffee was made for you. You're like, yeah, someone else drank this first. How did you? How do you continue to go? You know, associated with the Glens, associated with the Blues, and going between the fans. What 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 is it like, and how difficult has that been over the years? It's, it hasn't been too bad, actually. Um, you know, I, I think the people when I came here in 1975 and left in 1990, I think the people appreciated the, the job that I did for them. You know. <clears throat> I came here specifically to do one thing, and that was to try and be, you know, bring success to uh, Linfield Football Club and win trophies from. Hopefully, you know, people will respect that. Um, and then Glen Torn came for me. Um, hadn't, hadn't been a player with Glen Torn, you know, before I left to go to England. Uh, people would have remembered that, but they also there was players, there were supporters there who wouldn't have remembered me playing for Glen Torn, but associated me with Linfield. So I had to win them over as well. And uh, thankfully, I was able to do that because of, I brought trophies back to them. And that's really the way you win people around anyway, is to, to win things. Well, what was it like at Linfield, Roy, when you were dominating? Like, w what were you like in the dressing room? At Glen Torn, uh, some of the players would say you ruled with an iron fist. What were you like at Linfield? Uh, I don't know whether it's an iron fist or not. I'm not so sure about that one. Um, did I want people to win? Yeah, I insisted on winning. I couldn't. I couldn't handle players who would take a, a win or take a draw or take a defeat. Those things uh, didn't appeal to me. I tried to instill that in players. The one thing I always wanted, you know, players to have towards me. I, I know for a fact it wasn't liked, but. It was respect. You weren't liked? No, I don't think you can be liked in football as a manager because you have to make decisions. And if you've got a squad of players, 
you know, you can only start with 11. The guys who are sitting in the stands or are away playing for the reserve team, are they happy? Of course they're not happy. So, but if they respect your decision, that's the only thing that you can ask for. And hopefully, I think even today there's a lot of players who have finished playing football they still call me gaffer. And that, I think that's the respect that I got from them. But you have to be respectful for to gain that respect. How much have players changed over the years, Roy? You hear now about the so-called snowflake generation, and certainly I'm sure it's changed from whenever you were a player. Through your time in management, players, now you, you can't say anything to them, can you? No, they hold all the power. There's no question about that. But years ago too, the clubs held all the power, which was totally wrong. If you were going away back to the 60s, even before I went across the water, when you signed a contract, when your contract was up, you couldn't leave. The club had to cancel your contract. They could hold that at the Irish Football Association and the Irish Football League. That was totally wrong, you know. But it, certainly, it's a generational thing. Players today, look, it's a hard, it's a hard life. It's a, it's a short life. You're only in this game. You're lucky if you get to your mid 30s. Some can get maybe to the late 30s. You know, maybe to be 40 years of age, depending on how you look after yourself. But um, I respect players, you know, you, especially part-time. They're, they're going to work for, for whatever hours a day, and then they're coming to you in at night. And you're demanding an awful lot from them. Um, so you just treat them, treat them as human beings and treat them with respect, and hopefully they'll, they'll do the job that uh, you ask of them, not theirs to try and win games and win trophies and, and contest in Europe. You talk about respect, but what, what was it like for you whenever you know, fans of an opposite club were getting on your case, or even your own fans were getting on your case? It's not nice at all. Uh, nobody, anyone that says they enjoy it, there's something, there's something radically wrong with them. You know, well, again, the one thing I've never done, I've, I've, never been, I've never held any animosity towards any club that I've been with. Uh, I can come back to Linfield and I'm, I'm held in a bit of esteem as well. Uh, Glen Torn, where I lost my job, Derry City, and go on and on. I don't think you should bear a grudge. You know, I, I can't handle managers who who lose their job, and they're very angry with the clubs and how they were treated. Look, keep saying you're only in this job for a period of time as a manager. Enjoy it, leave it with dignity and decorum. Get on with your own life. You're still involved now, you know, director of football at Glen Torn. So how proud are you of yourself? The fact that because you talk about it being a short period of your life, you've that your life's been football. And it still is to this day. Yeah, yeah, it's been involved in a long time, especially in management. It was, management was over 30 odd years. That's a long time, you know, to be involved in management, especially when you think of the clubs that I managed, like Linfield, Glen Torn, Derry City. You know, no disrespect to Ards or, or New York City, but those uh, those clubs are massive, and the demands of them. It's not expectations; it's, it's the demands of the clubs to win. The supporters demand it because of the history of the club, and. Um, <sighs> It's a, it's a hard job, you know, I, I feel for all managers that today, knowing exactly, you know, that their life depends on 11 people performing week in and week out and getting them results for them to stay on the job. Is it harder now than what it was? No, it's, it's the same, it's the same, it's the same. Maybe a bit more difficult, I think, certainly in England, uh, with the rewards, the financial rewards in England uh, for getting into the Champions League and winning the Champions League and, and the money for winning leagues and money is at Sky Television as well. The money that's involved in, in football in England 
you look at the, the casualties year in and year out. Man, I don't know how many's gone from from the start of the season until now. We're only about a couple of months into the season. It's scary, but here it's not so bad. You don't see many managers losing their job at the moment. You know, we're in the past. <coughs> excuse me, in the past, you know, there was always about two or three teams um, who were going to dominate the Irish League. You know, like the Glentorn, Limfield, maybe poured it down at one period as well. Does that make? Does that mean all the rest are failures? No, it doesn't. But they're going to lose their job. Simple as that. I wanted to ask you about some of the great players that you worked with. We'll start at Linfield. I'll not go through them all because we'll be here all night. But talk us through about Martin McGahey, George Dunlop, Peter Rafferty. You know, there's just three names that um, were just legends at this club. Yeah, they were special players. You know, they were very strong individuals as well, uh, mentally. You know. They all had opinions, which I loved. You know, they weren't frightened to, to speak their mind. Um, the Ralph in particular, the bald eagle, as he was affectionately known, what a character he was. But, you know, in training, the guy was incredible. You know, what he did in training, he portrayed on the football pitch. Uh, George Dunlop, another strong individual, as brave as a goalkeeper I've ever seen in, in the Irish League, Martin McGaggy. Bucket says he was a faction they know as. He never really, uh, the Olympic support never really took him early on in his career, but he won them over by the goals he scored. And like the lad ended up winning a silver boot award. You know, unfortunately for him, towards the end of the season, he was out for about, it was about nearly two months. Had he maybe avoided that injury, he could have maybe gone on to win the Golden Boot. But, um, that was for the whole of Europe as well. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, he, we we went over. Uh, I'm not sure where. I'm not sure where it was France or where it was uh, to for him to be awarded the silver boot. I went with him, and uh, he was a very humble guy. Martin was a very humble guy. You know, very quiet. You wouldn't know he was in a change room, but once he put a kit on and went out on the football pitch, he was a beast. Another famous Linfield player who then went on to become a manager, David Jeffrey. You and him going toe to toe when the Glens and the Blues played. It was a legendary contest. What's your relationship like with David, and what was it like to go toe to toe with them back then? No, David and I got on okay. It was uh, I brought him back from Manchester United as a young man. Um, He'll probably not like me for saying he, he wasn't the most technically gifted player. You know, David, but competitor. He was a fantastic competitor. He was a leader as well. He's now, he's, from a managerial point of view, he's been fantastic. You look at his job at Linfield, what he, he did at Linfield. He still has to find his. <coughs> excuse me. Still has to find his way a little bit at uh, Ballymena. Uh, he'll not be happy until he wins a, a league. I can tell you that there. That's that'll be his driving force. Um, because he grew up with winning leagues and he knows that feeling and he, what he does, he wants to instill that into the players because I keep saying until you've won a league you can't understand what losing is like and that there is evident when you look at Crusaders in Cliftonville you know, winning leagues you know, that gives them they know the feeling of winning and that's why they went on to win you know, back to back leagues a game of the greatest respect. I never thought in my lifetime that I'd see Cliftonville win back-to-back -back leagues because in the past they were amateur league clubs, but you got to give the, the board and uh, the manager and the players the respect uh, where they forced themselves on to, 
they've got themselves onto a level now that uh, they've got to be treated with the utmost respect. And then at Glentoran, you had players like Paul Lehman, Gary Smith, Colin Nixon, Mark Glendinning. What a side that was. I loved watching that team play. Stuart but Elliott. Stuart well, Elliott, yeah. One who went on to play for the national team as well. No, they, they were a dream to work with. Uh, they were youngish guys at that particular time who were trying to you know, have an imprint in the game, uh, to be known as a, as a football player. And uh, all they needed was a little bit of uh, nurturing and uh, being guided the right way. And uh, they all performed. Well, yeah. if, you, if you talk to them, you say, well, he might have been a so-and-so, but we won medals with him, so you can't ask for anything else. Who did you prefer managing then, Glen Torn or Linfield? I'm Church of Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> but was there one trophy out of all the 51 that, that stands out? I know it is, but... Well, it's, it's got to be the County Anthem Shield, you know, because certainly I believe, I've no evidence, but I, I certainly believe had I not have won that, and it was against Glen Torn after the Irish Cup final against Coleraine, I do believe that possibly the, there would have been rumblings in the boardroom that maybe the this lad is not the right man to, to take us forward. So that would be the one trophy that I'd always reflect on. Well, on that then, when you get sacked by Linfield and then you get sacked by Glentoran, to be honest, I thought both decisions were incredibly bizarre and wrong because you'd been so successful. So how did you feel whenever you got the boot from both? I don't think anybody would feel you know, too happy when you lose a job. But I, I'm a pragmatist and a realist and I just believe that you're not going to be there forever, you know, and it's how, the one thing I always respected was how you treat the manager when he's leaving. And I have to say that um, both occasions, even at Derry City, the three times that uh, when I lost the job, my job, I couldn't, couldn't say a bad word about the, the way the clubs uh, handled it. I thought they were fantastic and that's why I, I would go, continue to go back to them. Yeah, um, Biggo mentioned about going toe to toe with David Jeffrey. For me, seeing you go to toe, toe to toe with Ronnie McFall was always interesting. And now, obviously, being director of football at the Glens and seeing Ronnie doing what he's doing on the pitch, well, what's that relationship like? It's great, grand. You know, obviously, we were combatant uh, in our managerial times, to, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't remember playing against Ronnie. To be honest with you, he can't be that much younger than me, but I can't recall too many times playing against him. But uh, no, we have got a great relationship. Uh, the one thing I do not do is interfere. I don't interfere. Um, I'll maybe suggest something or Ronnie would maybe ask me a question and I would give my input. But it's a relationship that um, he's a manager, I'm a director of football, and uh, we never clash. We never clash. It's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a nice working relationship. Um, and hopefully, He's turned it around a bit, I have to say. We haven't lost too many games. We're still a wee bit off the, the pace of looking to win the league this, uh, this season. But um, the one thing that he has done, him and his coaching staff, he's got the players fit and he's got them motivated. They're, they're getting results, obviously, not, not last weekend. But um, he's a driven guy too. He knows what winning's all about. And uh, give him. Everybody needs time, so they do. And uh, Ronnie knows how to win leagues. He's got the right people around him. Bottom line is, all managers need top players. I remember a lovely story. I used to go to, to uh, Anfield 
uh, the observer training, and I remember sitting in the, the famous boot room at Anfield with Bob Paisley, Ronnie Moran, Joe Fagan, Roy Evans, and... Pepe Name Dropper there, Roy, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I asked a question, Mr Paisley, what's the secret of management? He just looked at me, that look, that look he gives you, and he just says, send good players and keep them motivated. And that's the secret of management. Anybody tells you differently, forget them. Talking to managers, so Michael O'Neill, international weekend, you brought Michael O'Neill back to the Oval. What do you make of, of, of how he's turned himself into a manager from, he was a good player. He was a very good player, no question about that. Uh, when I brought him back to Glen Torn, well, the lift he gave the players at, at, in the changing room was incredible. And when he walked in, you just saw the players, they were in awe of the guy. Uh, as to what he uh, is, what he did in, in his football life, when he came to the Oval, the success that we had, we nearly did the clean sweep. You know, we won the league, we won the county, we won the league cup, and we were beaten in the final of uh, the Irish Cup, one um, 0 It was Cliftonville. No, Coleraine. Oh, and, and Michael O'Neill always he it's one of his biggest regrets that he actually didn't start no, in that final. No, he didn't. That's right. I had him on the bench. <laughs> it was one he fell out. We had him on the bench. Um, it's just a tactical thing, and it did bring him on. But you could sense you knew Michael was going to head for big, big and better things. You know, he he was a student of the game. Um, he, he always had an input. I always love people in input because any manager tells you or thinks he knows it all. He's a fool, and he, he helped me, I'll, I'll be honest with you. And I, I'm not surprised at the job he's doing for Northern Ireland, and hopefully he'll continue that. This is the Bat McLean Football Show from Cool FM. We're in the company of greatness, Biko. We certainly are. <laughs> Tell us this, Roy, we're about to do predictions. Which modern day players in the Irish League do you admire? Jordan Owens. I'm a big fan of Jordan Owens. I think he's a very underrated guy. Um, on the eye, he doesn't look great, but when you come off a, an 80-minute game of football and you analyse just uh, the job that he did for the team, be it scoring goals, assists, or bullying, you know, I'm, I'm talking about bullying, you know, you know, within the laws of the game, you know, the guy to me is, uh, in my opinion, one of the top players in the Irish League. Interesting. And interesting you bring up Jordan Owens because we start with Crusaders against Glen Torren and Crusaders went through a few weeks there with no win, they've got a win under their belt and the Glens were unfortunate not to get something out of the game at, uh, on Monday night against the Blues. Yeah, from a creativity point of view they didn't do an awful lot, set play was uh, their main uh, source of trying to score, uh, Curtis will be very annoyed, he had two good chances, two, two headers, uh, Marcus Kane had a, a very good chance as well with a header. Um, against Crusaders, not an easy place to go. Crusaders are probably finding the form from, from a Glen Torn point of view at the wrong time. The biggest problem with Glen Torn uh, that I see, basically from the start of the season till now, we find it very difficult to keep a clean sheet. You know, every week, I think we've only had two games this season where we haven't conceded a goal. We even conceded a goal against Queen's University. You know, and that tells me there's something radically needs addressed. So, so two things on that. Number one, um, Elliot Morris, how frustrated is he? And number two, with regards to scoring goals, um, Curtis Allen's obviously going for, for the 100 goals, and, and that's a bit of a monkey in his back now. Yeah, he's obviously conscious of it, but he'll, he'll get there. You know, the, the one thing that uh, Curtis has got, he's just got to be patient, because uh, he, he will get chances in game, let's say, uh, two against uh, Linfield, but um, it could be this weekend. 
knowing Curtis the way I know him, that'll not affect him too much. You know, he'll just get. He knows the job he has to do. His job is scoring goals, and he's he's a competent lad at doing that. And uh, it'll it'll happen. Whether it'll be sooner rather than later, it doesn't matter. But he'll get there. And Elliot. Elliot's a top class goalkeeper, a top class guy. Um, He's got to be frustrated too because the, the one thing that he prides himself on is clean sheets and um, unfortunately it's not happening for him. He'll be annoyed with the guys in front of him, I can assure you, and he's very vocal. Um, in the change room he'll be voicing his opinion, but um, it's something that has to be addressed and hopefully Ronnie can uh, sort that problem out. So, score prediction? <laughs> if Glenn Torrent can keep a clean sheet, they'll get a draw. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Crusaders, as I said last week, Pete, they're finding form, they're getting results all of a sudden. The victory over Cliftonville was massive, and, and what Roy said about Jordan Owens, I think that's going to inspire him <laughs> at the weekend. So I think Crusaders are going to win that one 2-1. I'd love to know, Roy, what you think of Gary Smith and Paul Lehman coming back to the Oval, and eventually the plan is that they take over as um, the management team. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, cer <coughs> certainly know uh, the DNA of the club, uh, both having played for <coughs> Glen Torn for quite a, f a number of years. Um, they've, they've got Glen Torn in their heart. Um, they're doing their badges at the moment. It's going to take a while. But they're under the guidance, too, of Ronnie McFall, who's got an incredible amount of experience. So hopefully, Ronnie, they can, learn, they can take some things off Ronnie. But the one thing that they have to be is their own man. You can't be, you know, Ronnie McFall taught me this, or Ronnie McFall did that. They've got to be Paul Lehman and Gary Smith. Um, they're very enthusiastic. I think they'll do well eventually, but I keep, <coughs> excuse me, I keep going back to this. It's all about players, and managers don't make you a better player. Managers will discipline you, they'll motivate you, you know, they'll organise you. The only ones that make you a better player is better players in the change room. Because you look, you walk into the change and you see some players, you go, if I'm not up the, up the mark here, these guys here are going to devour me. So when you're playing with better players, that's what you become a better player, and that's what the the, the managerial staff has to do. They've got to introduce better players to make certain players who are starting off in the game. There's still some young boys that uh, they will to make them better players. I have signed a couple of good players, like Sir Pepper, you know, in particular. He's really impressed me. But um, I think they'll do well. David Healy, after Linfield won on Monday night, said that Glentorn made X-rated tackles and horrific tackles. Are Glentorn a dirty team? No, they're not. No. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Pardon me. No, they're not. And I, I don't think there's any player that came off on uh, Monday night that will not be playing this weekend for Linfield. Uh, there's always passion in the game, and there's always going to be tackles that I'm not saying they're actuated, but there'll be there'll be hard tackles, but fair tackles within the laws of the game. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't agree with uh, David in relation to that comment. I think it's uh, a little bit over over the board. Okay. So we we'll move on. Institute at home to Balamina, and I suppose David Jeffrey will be wanting to go up there and get a result. David Jeffrey at the Brandywell. It's brilliant, isn't it? And um, that's going to be a fun trip for David. Um, 
tough one to call this because Institute have been really, really impressive this season. You know, we all thought they were going to struggle, and I still think they're going to be in the relegation um, uh, problems. The at the, yeah, they certainly can. But I still think they're going to be down there at the end of the season, but they're certainly giving themselves a great chance. Ballymena United, though, away from home. They've played most of their games away from home, haven't they? Um, uh, so it's a, it's a tough call, but I'm going to go Ballymena to win that one. going to go Ballymena 2-1. I'll go Bellamina to win. Yeah, it'll be a tight contest, but uh, I think the odd goal will just separate the both teams, Bellamina. Linfield at home, Newry? Well, Linfield look as if they've got a champion defence, let me tell you. They aren't conceding goals. Roy Carl, for me, is the best goalkeeper in the land. Absolutely crucial to that team. Jamie Mulgrew in midfield, another major factor. I thought whenever Glentorn had their period of dominance, Roy, that Jamie Mulgrew picked up Linfield from the scruff of the neck and got them going again. And up top, Michael O'Connor, he's a handful, isn't he? He's a player. And it's no, no um, surprise to me that Glenn Torn wanted him as well, but he chose Linfield. And then you've got Joel Cooper. It'd be interesting to see if Joel plays after what David Healy said and those X-rated tackles because Joel had to go off in the 47th minute. But what a player he is. Newry or City are very good at home, but I just don't see them getting anything here at Windsor Park. I'm going to go Linfield to win that one, 3-1. I certainly agree with that. I think the result against Glen Torn, the confidence of uh, Linfield will be massive. Uh, they'll be looking forward to it. <clears throat> when you get a good result, when the, the Belfast Big Two always play, whoever gets the result, it sort of jettisons them on a run. Uh, Newry City are doing, they're doing okay. They're doing okay. But um, I think it'll be a comfortable win for Limpy. Uh Final game in the Dancing Army Premiership this weekend. Boring point at home to Ards. And this should be, on paper, a great game of football. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, this is a big, big match because Ards are really struggling in the league and they need to get something out of it. I was actually at the Warren Point Dungannon League Cup tie earlier this week. And... Um, uh, Listen, the, both teams for a League Cup game, and it was there was a lot of changes to the sides. Boy, did they put in a lot of effort. And Dungannon were celebrating Chris Lindsay's first win. I was talking to a few of the boys after the match, and boy, were they happy. And I think that could release Dungannon onto a run whenever they get back to action. But Warren Point have impressed me, Pete, in the league. And I think it's a tough match for Ards. Warren Point are a team that scores goals. And um, I think Ards could lose this one, I have to say. I'm going to go for Warren Point to win 3-2. Are you fearful for your old club, Roy? Uh, to a degree, uh, Glen Torn played uh, Warren Point a couple of weeks ago, and uh, they went down to 10 men, and Glen Torn won 1-0. The second half, Warren Point absolutely dominated the game with basically 10 men, and uh, they got a draw. Elliot Morris made a fantastic save, firstly the last kick of the ball. Uh, Warren Point could have won it. I was impressed by Warren Point. Um, They've got a young manager as well who seems to be organising and driving his, his players on in the proper manner. Uh, Colin Nixon, obviously a former player, man of Glen Thorne, they're in a bad run at the moment. Uh, they can't seem to buy a result. Um, I, I hate to say this, but I have to agree with Stephen. I think, I think Warren Point will win. They? No, no disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> have you got a score for us? 2 0. No for Warren Point. I've learned so much from you today, just in the manner in which you 
speak to your players and one thing the, the word that keeps on coming back is the word respect and being a manager to get the best out of your team is to have respect for the players I've also heard the, the, the word respect when it comes to you being greeted by players who have played under you and some of them still calling you gaffer um, that must be a really nice thing but whenever you look, look back at your career and we hear from others on how, how big people hold you in regard like really 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 well whenever you look back at your career how would you want to be remembered I give it everything I could and can I ask you just when you're here, that would have been a lovely way to end this, but <laughs> I, I have to ask you, who do you think will win the league this season? If they can get it together, uh, if they go on the run after the result last week, I still think that Crusaders have got the players and they've got the know-how how to win the league. Limfield never ruled them out. Glenn Torn, obviously, in the past, have always been a major threat we're just a wee bit behind at the moment. I think Crusaders are a team that uh, everybody's got to be careful of. Glenavon? They've done fantastically well, I have to say. Um, and again, too, Gary Hamilton has amazed me uh, as a, being as successful as a manager. You know, fantastic player. But you never think, of, when you look at players when they're still in the playing side of their career, you never th I never thought Gary would ever become a manager but he's done a fantastic job and you've got to give them credit. And Coleraine, because they've got Iron Brew action this week and we should wish them all the best. Are they on a slippery slope, Roy? It's always strange when a new man comes in. You think automatically it will change for the better, but it seems, you know, young Randy McAree hasn't really put a stamp on the, on the side as yet. They're in free fall at the moment and that's not a good sign. Um, but to have the players, He's trying, I think what Rodney's trying to do, he's trying to get the Coleraine to play like Dungannon play, where they get the back and they start to play out. Coleraine were always maybe a wee bit more route one. Maybe he's going to have to adapt and change his, his, his tactical now and uh, get back to maybe the way that Coleraine want them to play as opposed to the way Rodney wants them to play. I'm amazed you never went to manage in England, to be honest with you. Or Scotland, like Oren Kearney has done. I got an opportunity once, uh, and it was Stoke City. And... Uh, we played Stoke City, actually, but I was at Linfield at the time. We played Stoke City at a pre-season game at Windsor Park, and we beat them 1-0. And uh, the chairman then, late chairman Percy Axon, he asked me to apply for the job, and uh, I didn't. And he came and he rang me. He said he was very disappointed because I'd have got it. But I've no regrets. I've no regrets. I did 30-odd years in, in management, and I have a lot of good memories. I have a lot of bad ones too, mind you, but uh, most of them are, are, are quite good. And, I keep saying, you know, this game, don't, I get managers falling out with clubs. You know, you're only there for a period of time. Get on with it and get over it. Roy, it's been a pleasure chatting to you. I've really, really enjoyed this. It's all heating up in the Danske Bank Premiership. I've got a feeling, Biko, that this time last year we were talking about Coleraine. And I think come this weekend as we move on, we'll be talking about Glen Avenue in the same vein. We'll see what happens. According to Roy, it's still down to the cruise. Um, thank you very much for joining us. That's it for this week's Bet McLean Football Show. Thanks for watching. Enjoy your football this weekend, and we'll catch you next week.